Welcome to Charleston Church Down East Weekly Podcast. For more information about us, visit charlestonchurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing okay? I see it's still running temperatures near African level in here this morning. Not for lack of trying. We got those air conditioners pumping and it's still like Mogladish in here. I got a little more insulation than the average bear. I know that's part of it, but. You see me wander in front of the air conditioners. It's not because I'm lost. It's because I'm, I found the air conditioner. That's why I'm there. Amen. Now, I, I kind of went back and forth with what I wanted to entitle the message this morning because what I wanted to entitle it, I thought it'd be great clickbait online, but it may also give the wrong idea if someone didn't listen to the message and just saw the title. What I wanted to call it, I'm going to say it, so I might as well have called it it, I guess. What I wanted to call this message, I think I may do a couple messages out of it, was killer qualifications. But you can see if someone saw it, they may think, This is a message about what you need to qualify to be a killer, and that's not what I intended it to be at all. So I went a little bit back and forth with that this morning. And uh, thanks for Josue. About 10 minutes before service, I threw him the title I was going to use, and he created a graphic. Josue, you want to put that up? Because I can't even remember what I told you. There it is. Uncommonly qualified. You are uncommonly qualified. You say, what am I qualified for? Well, I'm about to tell you. I'm glad you asked. You are uncommonly qualified. You're not like everybody else. You can be if you want to be, but you don't have to live a life. Cookie's definitely not like everybody else. (laughs) I'm definitely not like everybody else. But I don't mean it in a negative connotation. You're not meant to live a mediocre life like everybody else. You are uncommonly qualified for everything God had planned for you. Your qualifications are not based on the natural, what you can see, what you feel you're capable of, what you think your mind can get wrapped around, what your family, your friends, your community... Your leadership has told you that this is your limitations, this is your ceiling. That's a lie because God and God alone qualifies you and can take you to levels beyond your wildest imagination. And you say, maybe, well, I don't have a huge dream. I'm kind of quiet. Maybe you don't want to be a shining star where everybody can see, but you have an assignment on your life that cannot be altered or changed. God has placed you here on purpose, for a purpose. And whether we like, I know this is unpopular, but when we get to heaven, I'd encourage you all to make sure you get there. I'll give you an opportunity later if you're not ready for that. But when we get to heaven, the Bible says we're going to have to give an account for what we did while we were here on this earth. And you... And the, there's no excuse when we say, well, I was shy. 
It was hot that summer. Oh, the lake was calling my name. Every summer I just... Nothing wrong with any of those things. I'm being a bit funny, but what I'm trying to say this morning is we have to give an account for the divine assignment that's been placed in our life. And we can allow the lie to get in our mind that we're not qualified so we don't have to do it. Well, is that really you, God, because you know me and you know my past and my family and my financial situation and, and my work situation and, and, you know, and anybody ever talk to God like he has no idea anything about your life? <laughs> Lindsay, have you ever done that? Like, just kind of fill God in like, you know, I know you probably don't know this, but here's the deal with me right now. Try to talk God into something or out of something. God has made you uncommonly qualified for that exact thing that he's placed on your life. Something that only you can do. Now, I've heard preachers say, and I'm not going to get into the argument of whether it's right or wrong. I'm just going to give you what I see in Scripture. Is, well, if you don't do it, God will just find somebody else. God will... He loves somebody. He loves that person that you're called to reach at, and he will do other things, but there's something that only you specifically can do at a time that only you could do it, Shane. And God, regardless of how unqualified you feel, God has qualified you. Amen? Turn with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 2. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to take a couple weeks over this or try to blaze through it all today, but you know how that goes with me, so we'll probably be a couple weeks doing it. But I want to talk to you this morning about Moses. Exodus chapter 2. Now Moses was used to deliver an entire nation. But one could say that he was probably, to the natural eye, one of the most unqualified people there was to do it. In fact, four times in the first few chapters of Exodus, he argued with God, that thing we talked about, God, hey, in case you didn't know, this is my deal. Four times he argued with God until the point the Bible says that God got frustrated with him. I don't want to be found frustrating God, I can tell you that. I'm sure I have in the past. Four times he argued and said, God, I've got a speech impediment. God, God, I struggle with words, and I, and I stumble, and I'm, and I'm not qualified to talk, and, and, and what if this, and what if that, and I'm just, we're going to read through the story of his life. To the natural, he was very unqualified. But God often uses the very things that you think disqualify you as a strength to minister to people that nobody else could have ministered to. I got some things. I am some things. I've got some quirks. I know that's hard for most of you to believe. Easy on the laughing. That make me very uncommon compared to most preachers. But I've decided to embrace what God has put on the inside of me 
And even if it's uncommon and unpopular, I have to give an account to God and God alone as to how I operate. You have to give an account to God. And the things that... Can I just be real with you this morning? If you haven't figured it out, this isn't the run of the male church or church services on Sunday mornings here. Not because of me, but because the presence of God is here. But I do things and say things a little differently than others do. Why? Because I've found that when I realize I've got to answer to God when I am who I am, even when it's unpopular, even when it's uncommon, even that's not the dignified religious way to conduct a service, that I see more miracles. I see the hand of God move quicker, more often, that I see the church grow faster, that I see people's lives, including my own, change more. Because You'll go further being exactly who God called you to be than you'll go being who everyone else has asked you to be. Exodus chapter 2. Now I'm going to read a few verses here. So if you get bored with the Bible, this is probably also the wrong church for you. Because we preach from the Bible, not from our opinion. Amen? Amen. Exodus chapter 2. About this time, a man and a woman, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket, (coughs) excuse me, made of papayas reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Now, if you know this story, this mother was very intentional with what she did. She was no fool. She knew that the babies were being killed. She knew that her son would be one of them. But I believe, now this is the part where my opinion comes in, I believe if we look, she most likely knew that that lady came down to bathe with her servants at that river every day. When you, I'm going to get into this in a minute, I promise, but when you find yourself in a position that you don't know what to do, God will give you a divine strategy to get you out. And that's what I believe he did to Moses' mother here. Verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened her eyes, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. From the very beginning, God had anointed and called Moses to do something. And from the very beginning, when the devil was trying to snuff out his life, God had a plan. 
Then the baby sister sister approached the princess and said, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. That's a smart little girl. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. Talk about a divine strategy. Not only did she keep her baby alive, but the very enemy that was trying to destroy his life was the very one that paid to raise him. The devil's about as dumb as it comes, I'll tell you what. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. She named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the river. Verse 11, many years later that Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, like you do after you fall on the ice, Dave can speak to that, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. Now, I was going to read a bit further, and I might in a minute, but I want you to see something here. A man who was raised in a family with a different nationality than him. You could say he come from a, he was a bit of a, an immigrant, so to speak. He was a, come from a blended split family. He, was, he had a wicked temper and murdered a man because he didn't like what he saw. Now, don't answer this, but I hope no one's gone that far in this room this morning. But what I'm trying to say to you, remember that killer qualifications I was talking about earlier? Moses had a temper. Moses came from every excuse you could find from a background to not qualify him to do anything special according to the world standard. But in spite of the extreme he went to, God used him to deliver an entire nation. He was uncommonly qualified. So if you've done anything short of murdering somebody this morning, you're uncommonly qualified, and God could use you to deliver a nation, to deliver a state, to deliver a community, to deliver a school system. You are uncommonly qualified to do the very thing God has called you to do. He has qualified you. He has called you. Don't believe the lie that you are a mistake. You know, I believed that lie for a long time myself. I was not planned. And I believed the lie that I was a mistake. What purpose could God have for me? And much like what we just read, I was born with kidney failure. Like Moses, God saved me because the enemy had tried to snuff out my life from the very beginning. The doctors told me I wouldn't see a year old. Didn't tell me. I was a newborn. Told my mom I wouldn't see a year old because my kidneys were poisoning my system. But God said, I got a plan for you, boy. 
and said, a man of God who believed the word to come and declare the word of the Lord over me. And my mom carried me out of the hospital that same day, and I've never dealt with it, and I never will deal with kidney failure ever again. Why do I tell you that? Whatever the devil has done to you in your past, whatever dumb things you may have done in your past that got you to where you are, can't blame everything on the devil. That wasn't as popular. Can't blame everything on the devils. The devil's done some things, but I've done some dumb things too, amen? Whatever the devil has done to you, whatever you have done to you, does not disqualify you. If you're sitting in this seat breathing breath, you are not too far gone. Maybe you haven't seen everything you wanted to see right now the way it is. Maybe life hasn't played out so far the way you wanted it to play out. That does not change anything that God had planned for you. I don't care how much you've done to run in the other direction. Maybe you say, well, I'm a, good, I'm a pretty good person. I don't do anything too bad. Maybe your situation just seems hopeless. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. Financial breakthrough, a healing, an opportunity, a spouse. I'm not looking in any direction, but I know there's a few of you in here been praying for that. Well, that got really quiet. That was a joke, by the way, in case you want The people who know what I'm talking about, they're not laughing. They're just looking straight ahead. But <clears throat> Whatever situation seems to be hopeless, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not God's will or plan for it to happen for you. There is not one single thing that disqualifies you from the divine plan and purpose. There is no mistake of yours that speaks louder than the plan of God for your life. Unless you give it permission to speak louder. I'm going to say that one more time. Let that soak in. The only way it can speak louder is if you give your past permission to speak louder than God's future for you. Moses pleaded with God and said, I, I can't do it. He said, I'm not good with words. He was afraid. He was in disbelief. He committed murder. He was a fugitive on the run. He came from a mixed family. Whatever you want to say that would disqualify, that was him. And yet God still chose him to deliver a nation. Do you know why I believe? I believe God looked, now God had a plan for him from the beginning. But I believe God looked down, and even in his sin, by murdering that man. You know, anyone here familiar with the fact that when we mess up or when we have something ugly in our life, he takes those ashes and turns them into something beautiful? When Moses had fallen and killed the man, God took that ashes, that sin, that wrong act, and God sees things differently. He saw something good out of that. Not be, he didn't, the, the murder was not good, but he said, there's a man who will passionately defend his people. Sometimes the things we think 
disqualify us, God says, that was a mistake, but I'm going to use that to fulfill my plan for your life. I grew up, my mom, if she's watching, she probably will later, she usually does, she'll attest to this. I like to go against the grain as a child. I know, very hard to believe. Very hard. You said up, I said no down. You said black, I said no white. You said whatever. I thought I had a better idea. And I wasn't intentionally trying to go against the grain. I just thought my way was always better. Now that's not pleasing or pleasant to anybody, including my mother. Amen. I've got a good daughter. She's a good girl, but she's got a strong determination of mind of her own. My mom says, you are reaping what you sowed, my friend. <clears throat> I'm praying number two coming in a couple of weeks is just like her mother. Amen. The strong, silent type. <laughs> but do you know what? God saw me floundering, going against the grain, and not being happy with just what everybody else went with. And he used that and said, I'm going to use that for ministry. I hate religious, dry church. I hate it. You can line up at any, no, you won't line up because they're empty, but you can go to any church within 100 miles of here and have a, a, a cute little service where you check your little box, you're out by 11.55 and you go about your week and there's no conviction and there's no chasting of the Holy Ghost to live right all week and this, that, and the other thing. But I can't live like that. I can't minister like that. I can't operate like that. I despise the status quo when it comes to church and ministry. So when you're looking at a dignity, now there's order, there's decency, I'm all about that, but I'm trying to help you understand a real life example. When, when you see a, a dignified religious service that's just, everything's time to the second, and, and if that's your thing, go for it. You'll answer to God the same way I will, that's your thing, go for it. But that thing that was in me as a little boy to... I'm not satisfied with just going through the motion. No, that's the way everyone else does it. I'm going to do it the opposite way. God, God did it, because I'm not smart enough to do it, but God took that thing that was on the inside of me and said, I'm going to put a, a fire in you that what you couldn't stand the status quo in life, you won't be able to stand the status quo in ministry. And sometimes if you think I like being this way, It'd be much easier just to preach a cute little message and go home. But God has put a fire on the inside of me that this is how I've anointed you. This is what this church is to do in this community. And we can't go by the qualifications and the standards placed by the world on the church or we'll get nothing done. We stand up when others sit down. We speak up when others zip their mouth. We move forward when others are pulling back. Because I believe you wouldn't be sitting here if there wasn't a little bit of that on the inside of you too about going against the grain. I want all or nothing that God has. 
I want to lay my head on the pillow every night and know that I may have done it different, but I did exactly what God asked me to do. And I pray you have the same prayer. I may not be like everybody else, and you're not, but I am exactly who God called me to be. He has called me. He has qualified me. He has appointed me for this time. Michaela, he's appointed you for now. For now. You could have been born at any time in history, but God said, I need Michaela here and now to do a specific work that only you can do. And nothing has disqualified you. In fact, everything up until this point sets you up to step into the greatest life beyond what you could even have thought or dreamed. Chase what he has put on the inside of you, even if it's not popular for everybody else. Because you already know it. There's some people who are going to say, really, that's what you're doing? You know everyone else who's done that. Look where they're at. But if you will stand and say, I'm going to be counted. I'm going to be accountable to the call. I know that I'm anointed and appointed for this thing and for this time. Whether anyone else likes it or not, I promise you, you will go further, faster than everyone around you. And you will have the last laugh and you will speak last because when God's promoting you, when he's using you, they'll be standing around still spinning their wheels, chasing their tail, wondering what's going on in their life. Chase it with everything you have in you. And don't let anyone convince you differently. So what are you qualified for? The question I posed 40 minutes ago. I want to mention a couple of quick things. Number one, you're qualified to be saved from everything trying to entrap you. John 3.16 is a very popular scripture. Most of you probably know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever, you are a whosoever, whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What does that mean? If you, regardless of your background and circumstances, through Jesus are qualified for salvation and eternal life, not in hell, but in heaven. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, patient towards me, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all, A-L-L, all, should come to repentance. Romans 5.8, but God showed his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He looked ahead in time and saw everything you would do to disappoint him and yet said, I'm still going to die for you. I'm still going to set things up for you to live victorious. I'm still going to give you the desires of your heart not because you've done everything right, but in spite of everything you've done wrong. Casey, Brandon. God has taken the things from your birth to now and used them to qualify you far more than people who have been doing this thing for 20 years. You are uncommonly qualified because you've seen the ugly side. You've seen the way it shouldn't be done. You've lived some things that you know 
aren't right, you've experienced some things and the thing God's called you to that aren't the way it's supposed to be done. And God will use your hurt, your experiences, the things that almost tripped you up, and will use you to protect others from that very same thing. There are young men and women who won't fall in the same hole because you guys are drawing breath and chasing the call of God on your life. Nothing has disqualified you. In fact, it set you up to be everything he has called you to be. And you'll be better than those who walk around with their head high and their chest out because they've got three degrees in their name. That doesn't matter because you too can do something they could never do. Don't let anything else enter your mind or your heart. He has uncommonly qualified you and set you up to be everything. Even the things you haven't told anybody about, the desires of your heart, in your personal life and in ministry, the things that seem so far out that you don't even let yourself think about sometimes, the whole time he's been setting things up for it to be easy when you step into what he's asked you to be. Favor and increase. And he will make up the difference of all the years you feel that have been wasted. He'll make up the difference like that the moment you step into what he's called you to do. <clears throat> and when they talk, let them talk. Because you know they're talking anyway. You're here, they're talking about you anyway. Go to that crazy church in Sullivan. They're talking anyway. Just let them talk. And do you know what? It won't be long and they'll be, it'll change from your crazy to... Man, I thought they were crazy, but look what God has done for them. The Bible says even the unbeliever will look and say, surely the hand of God is on them. Watch, and that will be your story in Jesus' name. While you were yet sinners, he died for you. Everyone, Romans 10, 13 says, who calls on his name will be saved. And John... 112, but all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. You have the right to walk as a child of the king. Not swagger in your own ability, but you can walk with a little swagger knowing I've got the anointing and the spirit of God on the inside of me. I belong to the king. It's, yeah, exactly. You know who my dad is? You want to pull that card? There's not a dad or a person or a family member that's important on this planet that will get you further than pulling the dad card when it comes to your heavenly father. You are a child of the most high God. Start walking and living and talking like you're a kingdom kid, amen? You're not like everybody else. You're different. And it's a good thing. So number one, you're qualified to be saved. Number two, you're qualified to serve. Why? Because God is with you and Jesus has made you worthy. We talked about Moses with a speech impediment. David was a shepherd boy with a harp. Now, if you play a harp, go for it. But the picture I see of David, if I'd have saw him growing up, I'd say, that guy's kind of a bit of a weirdo. Don't get your long, curly locks caught in the harp strings, David. He was unique. But God anointed him to be the king. And he saw a lot of things in between the shepherd field and the kingdom 
But God said he was a man after his own heart. Why? Because when he stepped on that battlefield with Goliath, if he'd have saw himself like I probably would have saw him, a weirdo, like his brother saw him, his brothers basically told him, hey, you little weirdo, go home. What are you doing here anyway? Real men fight battles. Go back to the field. That's what his brother said to him. But again, just like Moses, what, what could have been a, a downfall, it said that he was fair in appearance. He was kind of a pretty boy. <laughs> so many things racing through my mind right now. That's the Holy Spirit at work in my life right now. There's evidence of it right now. Filter, 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 filter. I'm just going to move on with the story. Amen. But the thing that would, he didn't look like a soldier. Maybe you don't look or act like what God's called you to do. Maybe your past would say, there's no way. You don't, you don't fit that. But there was something he had that his brothers didn't. He had a hatred for, first of all, he had a love for God like no other man. That when he saw that big dummy running his mouth about his God, that's the first thing he addressed. Because God saw, you may not look like you fit the bill, but there's something on the inside of you that I put there while you were still in your mother's womb that won't allow people to defile me. And God said, I'm going to use that to take out what men twice as qualified are afraid to do. And David stepped up and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this man who's at a covenant who thinks he can run his mouth? Who is this man who thinks he can defile the most high God? Oh, it's you? He looked at him and said, I'll take you down today. Not only will I do it, but I'll cut your head off and feed it to the animals. Didn't fit the bill. Didn't look like it. Hadn't acted like it in the past. His brothers wrote him off. I probably would have wrote him off. I mean, I'm not judgmental. I would have never wrote him off. <laughs> but God saw what everyone else saw as a shortcoming and said that's what I'll use you using you to lift you and to lift a nation Moses, David I'm not going to go into the time these are some of the men we're going to cover maybe in the weeks to come Peter, he couldn't acknowledge God in front of three little girls at a campfire before but now, after Acts chapter 2, when people were mocking what they heard in the upper room, he went out and said, hold up, shut up, here's what's going on. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. And the Bible says God used the man who couldn't admit that he was with God in front of three girls at a campfire to add 3,000 people to the church that day. You don't have to fit the bill for what God's called you to do in the, eyes, in the eyes of the world. But Kara, there's something only you can do. And it may seem like what's happened 
in the last 24 months, kind of took a different road, slowed things down, changed your role, and it has. That, that, there's some reality to that. But God's saying to you this morning, I've not changed my plan. It's still good. All the things you asked me for as a little girl, I've heard. From the day you prayed them, from the day you asked. Continue to pursue me. Not, not a, an altered plan, not an adjusted plan. I can use you to be everything you need to be in this season and still take you where I asked you to be in the next one. Yes. Pursue what I've placed on you and the things I put in your heart, the Lord says, from a young girl and watch. You shall see the door begin to open. The opportunity, the thing you asked about that no one else knew about, you'll begin to see a flicker of light that will grow brighter and brighter as you pursue it. And what you thought slowed you down will be a dim, far gone memory of the past when you're standing in exactly what God's called you to. And it's coming quicker than you think. Just because on a scale of 1 to 100, you feel like you've seen zero so far, God can make up quickly with one moment in his presence. And that will be your story in Jesus' mighty name. And finally, Samson. He got tricked by a prostitute. Had his eyes removed, blind. But yet when, the power, when he realized, oh yeah, I may have got tricked by this lady and fallen short and done some stupid things, but the power of God is still on me. The Bible says that he, he was blind, but he broke those ropes, pushed the pillars down, and destroyed the wickedness that was present in that place in that day. Many, many men and women in Scripture that were severely underqualified and messed up, but God used them. So you are qualified to be saved, you're qualified to serve, and you are qualified to set the trend for your family. The tradition of godliness, of increase, of favor, of health, starts with you. When you're hooked up with God, there's not a devil in hell that can steal your family's future. Deciding to believe that you are who God says you are and that you're qualified the way he says you're qualified, not because of your family history, but in spite of it, will not only change your life, but literally break the chains of bondage over your children and your grandchildren. It will set them free. It will set them up to be a world changer that they could never have been had you not stepped up and said, I'm qualified to be the first in my family to get rid of this thing. I don't care how deep it is, the addiction, the poverty, the mindset, feeling like no one loved you, like you're an orphan, you're abandoned, everyone's out to get, whatever it is, I pray in the name of Jesus, you see the power of God at work in your life. And those chains break today. I said they break today. And you will be the trendsetter. You will be the first maybe in your family. But you will not be the last in your family to experience the freedom of God. You never know if there's a Moses in your bloodline. You don't know that there's a King David in your bloodline. That there's a Peter. 
a Paul in your bloodline. It's not just about you. You can break off every generational thing that slowed your family down. And the ripples will be uncountable that go out from the change you make in your family. Galatians 5.1, I'm closing with this. For freedom's sake, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit yourself again to the yoke of slavery or your family. Deuteronomy 30.19, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose a life, listen to this, so that you and your descendants may live. I don't mean just wake up and draw a breath. They will live eternally. They will not be sent to a sinner's hell. They will not be separated from God. But when you choose life over death, when you choose blessing over curse, when you choose God's way, God's plan, God's qualifications over the world, and their plans and qualifications for you, their standards, you and your descendants are promised, right here in Scripture, victory, freedom, increase, healing, deliverance, happiness, joy, peace, and power in the Holy Ghost to overcome everything the devil would throw at you. Stand with me if you would this morning. Hannah, if you would come back and play something victorious. If there's anyone in the sound of my voice this morning that you don't know this Jesus, maybe you made a commitment a long time, but you've walked away from God. Maybe you've never made a commitment and said, God, I'm turning my back on the old life. I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. I want you to take control of my life. I want to live a life pleasing to you. I want to push away the standards the world put on me and the labels the world's put on me. And I want to embrace everything you have for me. I want to be everything you said I could be. You're only one prayer away from that being your reality. All it takes is for you to admit that you've been a sinner in your past and fallen short. The Bible says that we're all born into sin and everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. But that all changes with one prayer. One act of obedience, not out of emotional hype, but you literally hearing the gospel today say, I want to live a life pleasing to God. I don't want to go to hell and be eternally separated from his presence. I want to go to heaven and live with God. I want to serve him on this earth. I want to walk on this earth in the identity he has placed on me, on the plan he has laid out before me. I want to be used to do everything God has asked for me to do. If that sounds like you and you've never made a commitment to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to turn from your old ways and give him your life, if you've never prayed that prayer, if that sounds like you, if the Holy Ghost has been working on your heart and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, 
I want you to slip up your hand this morning. And I'm going to pray with you. Don't miss your opportunity. This isn't out of emotions or fear. This is out of a strong commitment to serve God. I'm going to give 30 more seconds. If that sounds like you, and you've never made that commitment, I want you to slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. 15 more seconds, if that's you. assume all of you are saved and on your way to heaven. Now I'm going to ask one more thing. Because we don't have a lot of room right now, I'm going to ask you to do something a little different. If you know that you have been living far below the qualifications and the call God's put on your life, If you know and you want to change that, if you want to step into what God has for you and say, no, the world, my family, my circumstances may have identified me as this, but I am standing up today to say, I want to be everything you have for me. I want to take on the identity and the plan that you laid out for me, not what I laid out for me, not what my family laid out for me. Not what society says I'm capable of. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Both hands to the Lord. And we're just going to, I'm going to pray over every one of us. If that sounds like, don't be afraid. There's dozens of people with their hands up, myself included. I want to take on everything God has for me. I don't want to miss it by an inch. Father God, I pray over everyone in the sound of my voice that has their hand up. Everyone that wants to take on the identity that you have placed on them. And that identity is victorious, is healed of the Lord, is anointed and appointed. A trendsetter, a trailblazer, a minister, a preacher, A believer filled with the fire of God that wants to take it to their community. Whatever the case is of those who have their hands raised, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, open the eyes of their understanding today to see themselves exactly as you see them. Exactly as you see them. I prophesy over everyone with their hand raised, you shall not miss the plan of God for your life. No, not by an inch. Jim, you'll take on everything God planned for you. Even if you've missed it before now, you're stepping into it from this day forward. And you will be a blessing and a minister to many in the things God's called you to do. Dana, you're about to get your prayers answered that you've been petitioning God for concerning your future. I decree and declare 
In Jesus' mighty name. An answer, clarity, open door, opportunity, peace in your heart. You'll look at it and you'll say, that's it, I know it. That's it, I know it. And I command every bit of fear and worry about missing it or messing up, I command that to lift, the weight of it just to lift off. You hear from God, I know you do. He shall speak to you and you shall know exactly what it is. And God, I pray that everyone that has asked to step in, to take on their identity, to walk in the divine plan that you have for them. God, I pray that you would begin to rain down heavily supernatural favor from God. Everyone that come in contact with God, I pray you would open doors of opportunity. In business, God, blow it wide open for them. In positions in government, blow it wide open. School boards, blow it wide open. Positions of leadership at their workplace, blow it wide open for them, God. And I pray that there will be unmeasurable, uncountable testimonies after this day that someone said, I chose to step in to what God qualified me for and I'm seeing him work in my life, give me opportunity that I never dreamed of. I prophesy promotion coming to you. I prophesy open doors coming to you. I prophesy lost people looking to be found and you have the answer in front of you. I prophesy success in spite of what everyone else, including your own mind, has told you you can accomplish. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you shall do it. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with us, don't hesitate to visit us in person at our Down East location in Sullivan, Maine. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Have the best week you've ever had.